You're listening to the I-5 Corridor, hosted by Tyson Alger and Aiden Schneider. Hey everyone, Tyson Alger here and welcome to another episode of the I-5 Corridor podcast. Uh, joined here with Aiden Schneider. Aiden, it's been a couple weeks since we've done this together. Uh, I believe the last re- podcast we recorded uh, was just a couple days before the Pac-12 championship game when Oregon was looking to accomplish all sorts of things and Mario Cristobal was still the head coach and uh, Utah wasn't the most dominant team in the Willamette Valley. So uh, yeah, how's it going, man? Like no- nothing's happened, right? Yeah, what, what what did I miss? Catch me up. Well, can't, can't have been too much. Well, uh, I mean, my men's league hockey team were playing in the uh, the the league championship game tonight. Uh, we're expecting handfuls of people uh, in the stands, um, and uh, yeah, that's about all that's really happened. <laughs> well, glad I didn't miss anything while I was out. Okay, so so Greif and I were on this podcast last week, and we kind of gave our initial thoughts to the the Mario Cristobal leaving. He's going to Miami. Uh, Dan Lanning ended up being hired. He's 35 years old. Georgia, Georgia's defensive coordinator. He will be sticking with them throughout the rest of the college football playoff. And then it's gung-ho with Oregon. Uh, I was at the press conference uh, earlier this week. Uh, was was impressed, but it's it's pretty hard to not go into a uh, introductory press conference and, and come away impressed. But I, I'm curious your thoughts on this hiring, especially considering just the the jumbled mess of uh, former players uh, input that we got throughout the last week. I think it's a good hire. Um, you know, Lanning wasn't someone I knew a ton about um, before really the last few days before the announcement was made, but from everything I've read and, and watched some of his past interviews, he seems great. Um, you know, he's a, he's a young up and coming coach. He's a two time Broyles award finalist. Um, I was looking at his salary recently. It skyrocketed over the last few years. And anytime you're able to get uh, a coordinator who had one of the country's best units, that's a big positive. And he's known to be a great recruiter as well. So, uh, you know, there was some a bit of controversy that was reported with the the 14 former players who wrote the the letter to Rob Mullins and did, did you did you did you not get the email or like like were you know did, did nobody come to your door and ask for your your signature on the petition you know you Joey Harrington Marcus Mariota you know all the Oregon greats that's that's kind of what I was wondering I was reading some of the names <laughs> and I was like okay I'm connecting these two together I could have been somewhere in the middle it, like like I, I think a couple of the most like random ones on there not because like they weren't great players or anything but like you had like Devin Allen thrown in there like a little Tyrell Crosby <laughs> just like a little actually the the most surprised I was I was just surprised to see Herbert's name on anything that resulted in anything remotely controversial down <laughs> down the road I I'm, I'm sure I'm sure later on he was like I signed what <laughs> <laughs> this this has got me wondering is there some sort of really strange group message I don't know about going yeah. on somewhere you do have an iPhone, don't you? You know, you, you could like play play pretend and just say you're not getting these because you're on an Android. You're not included in the group chat. You're not a, you're not a blue bubble guy. But yeah, that's that's what it was. That was it. <sighs> yeah, like what? Like okay, we'll just jump into that. Like what a dumb story <laughs> this last week. Like I, I I think the the letter itself was innocent enough, and like I think we can all understand like the point that they were trying to make because it's been the thing that we've been talking about for the last three weeks to the last month of 
Oregon, Oregon is a really good college football job. And the last two coaches have used that as a springboard towards something else. And I I don't think there was anything wrong with those guys like banding together and and writing a letter, like just basically saying like, Hey, like, let's maybe consider someone who won't do that. But then just the way that it leaked out. And I have no problem with Gonzano's story. Like somebody gave that to him, like he's doing his job and, and that letter becomes public record anyways. Um, if it's being sent to Mullins, but, uh, the fact that it got leaked, like after the announcement of the hiring, it, it was just, it turned into like a, a good solid week of, uh, of, of Oregon drama, which we haven't had in a while. Yeah. I just feel like the, the timing of when the letter was released really muddied everything up because I think if you think about the timeline, like of, of that letter being sent on Monday, before any of the the landing news got too serious i think it's a lot more innocent because then you can kind of see it for what it is it's a bunch of former great players who have you know feelings and concerns that that to me are very legitimate and i I totally understand where they're coming from but i just think that it's a little late to want to go back to where oregon's been because I, I thought at the time firing Helfrich was a mistake. I, I think there was a lot of value in the staff continuity. I think it was a big part of what made Oregon a really special place. But, you know, we're, we're five years removed from that. You know, th- our third head coach removed from that. And I think that that was what it was. It was a great era at Oregon, and, and there was a lot of success. But... I think at this point, you know, you want to hire the best guy you can get. And I think Oregon feels like they got that in Dan Lanning. Well, and and just the the college football landscape has changed so much in those five years, too. I mean, the fact that Lanning's getting four point six million annually at Oregon for a first year head job. He's already the highest paid coach in Oregon history just based on that per year thing. And he hasn't he hasn't ever been a head coach before. Like like salaries have completely ballooned. Um, we saw like what happened this week with like signing day um, and basically Dion getting <laughs> getting the top player in the country um, for I mean, there's been back and forth about how much uh, NIL money was uh, was given away there. But it's it's completely the Wild West and Oregon, you know, all the work that those staffs and players that those players talked about in that letter, all of that kind of built to getting Oregon to a point where it can actually legitimately believe it can contend with some of these top universities and top programs in the country. And if they don't play by the same rules that those teams are doing, they're going to get left behind. And, and I, I think we're, we're getting to a point where, you know, I, I think there's only going to be a handful of coaches that stick at any college for more than five, six years at a time. Like it's, it's a completely, you, I mean, it's, it's just a different world out there, Aiden. <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking about this. Like, how how common is it these days that there's just amazing staff continuity? There's coaches that stay for a really long time. Like, you know, there's a few schools around the country, but I think that's just the reality of where we're at. And I think it's a bit of a rude awakening for some of the Oregon fan base because that dude, all that staff continuity, that's just not something that we had to think about. And, you know, other schools have been dealing with that for a long time. Coaches coming, leaving, leveraging extensions for new jobs. It's kind of just part of the business. And I think now that Oregon has been in the thick of that a little bit, it's uh, it's kind of a rude awakening. And I think people just weren't really ready to to deal with that. 
Well, I mean, just look at the landscape of the Pac-12. I mean, Kyle Whittingham has been with Utah since I think 2005 or so. But outside and uh, outside of him and and David Shaw, who you know, it's that's one of the more unique jobs in the country, and I don't think that really qualifies as being like a normal uh, coaching situation. Um, Cristobal was one of the like the most senior tenured coaches in the conference, and he had been there for four years. I mean, it's 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 completely bonkers, and and um, you know, I I think what you see then too with like a, a power like USC going out and poaching a Lincoln Riley and being able to say like, Hey, like we're just going to inject a lot of money into this and, and be thrown right back into the mix. I, I think that changes the game because Oregon has certainly enjoyed being at the cla- like the top team of this conference for the last decade. Um, and I think a lot of this, a lot of things at this university and athletic department depend upon them being kind of one of those teams. So it, it's uh it's an arms race and, while it used to seem, seem like it was just an arms race for like facilities and uniforms and kind of perks, like now it's everything. It's, it's, it's everything. Yeah. And with, with the landing hire as well, you know, in obviously you were at the press conference, he's saying, I want to be at Oregon as long as they'll have me. And, you know, of course he has to say that, right. Of course he probably means it. He just got his first head coaching job, but I think something to be prepared for is that, you know, he might leave for an SEC job in four to five years, and I, I don't think that has to be a bad thing. Well, not only that, but like in, you know, we got three quarters of the way through their press conference, and nobody had asked them the, you know, the whole kind of elephant in the room thing. So I was just like, you know, he he had been outlining these goals that they have, and it's like right away, it's national championships, it's conference championships, it's doing all this, and if he's able to do those things in, you know, a three, four year period, he's going to be a 38 year old with conference titles and playoff appearances. Like he will be legitimately, if he accomplishes his goals, will legitimately be the hottest coaching prospect in the entire country. So if you think that 4.6 million you're paying for him right now is expensive, like if this thing goes well, Oregon is going to be faced with having to pay out the ass for this guy later on. Oh, it's going to be open season on him. Yeah, that's and that's just the reality. It's I don't think it has to be a bad thing. You know, we I think he's a great hire. I think there's a lot of potential and and I, I think it's the right decision. I really do. The uh, the reported offensive coordinator hire coming in from Florida State, I believe, is 31 years old. Lanning is 35 years old. Uh, Oregon hasn't had a head coach that young since I believe the 1920s. Um, so we'll definitely be a different look. I'm kind of looking forward to it a little bit just because, uh, you know, I feel like I've been pretty good at my job since I started on, on, on the Ducks beat like eight or nine years ago, but I was like, I think I was 23 my first year on the Ducks beat. And even though Mark Helfrich wasn't that old of a coach, like, I think he was still like 40, like there's an age difference there. And, and like with Lanning, you know, I can maybe reference the similar nineties television shows, uh, <laughs> you know, just, just, it might help a little bit of like the, the small talk situation, you know? Yeah. I, I think for, especially for coaches to be able to relate to players, I think that's, that's absolutely huge. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, Older coaches, you know, having a lot of experience is great, but I think being able to connect with your players and just have more in common with them is, is really, really powerful to, to maintain a relationship because sometimes as great as older coaches are, they can just seem a little bit out of touch with what's going on in your life. And I think younger coaches are a lot of times able to connect with you on a more personal level that doesn't just include football. 
Well, it's especially with how important recruiting has become in Oregon specifically over the last four or five years, too. I, I mean, I, I think it's probably easier to recruit and relate to guys if you're younger anyways, but just to also have that energy and stamina that you have to have to to basically fly across the country as much as Oregon coaches have done the last four or five years. Like, that's that's not an old guy's game. No, not at all. Did uh, this just randomly popped in my head? But I just saw alert about uh, another thing about Urban Meyer, and uh, I wanted to, uh, what a, like the kicker did him in, Aiden. Like you guys are the most powerful position in football right now. Someone had to do it. I mean, okay, let's let's be honest. He's he's been trying to get fired for a while now, right? You you don't. You don't do the things he's doing if you don't want to get fired. I think that's pretty clear at this point. Did you did you guys have any interaction with him at all, like during, for the twenty fourteen game? Is that definitely not me. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure you could find some people who did, but uh, <laughs> not over here. Uh, well, what else is new? <sighs> well, the Timbers lost an absolute heartbreaker. I'm, uh, cup final at you home you, you were there for that weren't you i was there the the mora goal in the last minute of stoppage time was one of the best sports moments i've been present for and the timbers were pressing and it just felt like there was no way they were gonna lose after that but that they just that had all the makings to be like such an iconic portland city sports moment just because like there was that day was already memorable because the weather was complete shit. Like it was blowing, it was rainy, it was windy. Um, I, I watched with some friends at uh, uh, Katie O'Brien's on uh, out on Sandy, and uh, yeah, when 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 they scored when they scored the the equalizer, that was on par with like Dame hitting the you know the the Paul George three in terms of just like bar explosion, um, and then penalty kicks. Hate penalty kicks. Hate it. Oh, I just. I had a bad feeling going into penalties because uh, Sean Johnson, the keeper for for New York, is a lot bigger than Steve Clark. And then just an absolute heartbreaking moment for Valeri to, to miss that penalty and what realistically could be his his last penalty as a timber. At least the Blazers are playing well. Yeah, we got something to look forward to. <laughs> it's been so bad. Actually, I will say I am I am pretty excited to watch Oregon State's bowl game this week. Like, you know, it should be a good game. They're playing. It's you know got Jimmy Kimmel's name on it. it. Should be fun. What What is the What is the process for getting a bowl game? Like the I, Jimmy I Kimmel I, LA I Bowl. I don't think we have that sort of budget yet. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Maybe next actually, year. We'll actually, I, I I did see a, a Stu Mandel in the Athletic did an interview with Jimmy Kimmel and basically asked him like the why, and he basically he just said he thought it would be funny to make sports writers have to say the Jimmy Kimmy Jimmy uh, the Jimmy Kimmy, I can't even say it the Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> <This> L.A. Bull. <laughs> that's you just gave him exactly what he was hoping for. Yeah, yeah. Damn it, Jimmy, you won. 
Hey everyone, time for a quick word from our sponsor, Planet3Vitamins.com. Planet3Vitamins makes taking your daily nutritional supplements incredibly easy. I, I get a box every month that just has pack, daily packs that include my, my B12s, my omega-3s, and really everything that you need to round out your uh, nutritional profile. Uh, Planet3Vitamins.com is, is run by a University of Oregon graduate, and if you use our promo code, Corridor10, you can get $10 off your first purchase. And remember, that's Planet3Vitamins.com. All right, Aiden, I, I want to close out with something that um, I didn't know existed like two weeks ago, but has become uh, probably the thing that will be the end of this podcast and uh, end of the I-5 corridor as we know it. But it's the it's the Oregon Ducks Twitter spaces that have been running, uh, actually not even just through Oregon, but like the, the Florida State one, like the last two days have just been nuts with like five, 6,000 people in there. Um but the, the the one that happened throughout like all last week with with the coaching hiring and thing it was it was fascinating because you had this you had this massive group of like fans uh former players media members players parents and it was just this kind of complete um like goulash of information being thrown out there and it, and it as as someone who has covered Oregon for the last 8 years and have have had things like very buttoned up media wise for for much of that time like i i'm really curious to see where this thing goes because like at some point after a game you're gonna have players jump in that right uh i gotta think it's gonna happen at some point but it's it's cool i think there's a there's a lot of good it's doing and bringing communities of people together but i think it has the potential to get pretty messy well um, especially with you know players that maybe aren't thrilled with how things are going for them, that they have such an easy avenue to hop in and just talk directly to people. And, you know, obviously people can record it, but it's not the same as just sending a tweet that everyone's seeing in their feed. So I, I think that's something that we might see. I mean, it was, it was wild because you had like Joey Harrington talking in there. You had George Reister and Achilles Smith arguing with each other that ended with George telling Achilles to take your ball and go home. Uh, oh, I, I did catch a little bit of that one. That yeah. was great. Uh, you had Rob Mullins logging in through his wife's Twitter account to like talk to everybody. I'm sure you'll like, you know, I, I'm I'm sure everyone's kind of running with like the how can we monetize or, or prioritize this sort of thing. Um, and it really, it just disgusts me that people would sit and just listen to people talk. Um, you know, have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 some red tape. Yeah, there's things you need to do. You don't just hop on Twitter willy-nilly, press a button, and uh, be preaching to thousands of people. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the hoops that we had to jump through to get to this point, Aiden, and they just they just tweeted it away. They, they, they just tweeted it away. It, it's, people just wouldn't understand. It, it's, uh, I, I'm glad that I'm not, like, the, the full-time 24-7 report every bit of news beat reporter that I used to be. Um, because I, I remembered back when, uh, like when Rob Mosley started doing, um, the podcasts, like the in-house podcasts that they do and like, you know, he'd have like Mullins or, or like, you know, people within the athletic de department or players. And, um, like you used to have to like, listen to all of those in case, like there was like some big news that came, like there was just, there's just more and more information that comes out and the beat guys have to be on top of that all the time. And now like there's basically this 24 seven stream of half bs half maybe real information that's coming out there it's, it's just exhausting and I, and at some point at some point maybe i feel like people will realize that they don't need 24 hours of oregon football 
Like, even though that that's our lifeline and that's what's paying my bills. <laughs> like it's, we don't, we don't need all of this guys. Did, uh, did you ever get anything big from those podcasts? Did I what? Those, uh, all those podcasts and stuff you had to listen to on the beat. Did you ever, uh, break no. anything big from one of those? No, absolutely not. But it's just, <laughs> okay. Like, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. But it would be like, I, I don't, I don't really have a great example of one that I had to listen to, but I like if, if anybody follows like Mariners people on Twitter, like I, I know Ryan Divish, like just hated it when uh, the Mariners general manager came out with his own podcast. Cause this was a guy who like barely ever spoke to the media. And now it's like, you have to listen to like an hour, an hour thing every week. And Oh geez. <sighs> well, but you won't have to listen to us for an hour. Cause I think we're going to, we're going to cap this one around here at like 30 <laughs> minutes or so, unless you have any, any saving grace here. There's uh no Twitter spaces here. We don't argue. Just uh, good, clean family fun over here at the I-5 Corridor. Actually, we'd probably have a much larger audience if we just talked in the Twitter space. But uh, no, we'll just keep sending this out to our friends and parents and pretend that we're <laughs> successful, Aiden. Uh, all right. <laughs> Eventually, we'll... it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we'll come back next week with a, a like a pre-Christmas uh, out, like, and that'll probably be like our Owl Mobile preview. So we'll get we'll get Aiden all depressed about about how that game went before diving off into the holidays. Um, and yeah. And then just everyone uh, check out i5corridor.com. We are just about to hit 300 subscribers, so it's it's going well. And uh, now uh, now comes the part where I freak out about what I'm going to write about the entire offseason. So it should be good. Get to brainstorming. You're listening to the I-5 Corridor, hosted by Tyson Alger and Aiden Schneider.